Hi, I'm Piper. And I'm Erin. Welcome to Off the Tracks Podcast, where we explore what it means to do law differently. Today, we are joined by Vanessa Lo Cicero, the sole attorney. She is a lawyer and mentor who helps entrepreneurs energetically align with the legal side of their business through her signature legal empowerment and education program, Legally Lit. Vanessa's mission is to promote access to justice for entrepreneurs and small businesses so people can reclaim their economic sovereignty and pursue their soul's purpose on a secure legal foundation. So we are so excited to learn more about Vanessa's passions and to have her here on the podcast to uh, hear more about her uh, journey in law and beyond. (laughs) So welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, ladies. Happy to be here. And I personally am so excited about Vanessa being here because I don't know if Vanessa remembers because this would be like an insignificant moment probably in her life where it wasn't so much in mine. But in my first year legal research and writing class at Windsor Law, we had to do like a mandatory first year moot and um, upper year students like volunteer to judge the moots. And Vanessa, I think, was like the chief justice at my first year moot. And so the tables have turned and now it is my turn to ask the questions. And I am so excited. It's much better being in this seat than being on the other side of my first year moot. Um, But Vanessa, we're so happy to have you here. How has your career evolved since being the chief justice at my first year moot? Yeah. Oh, it's been a journey. Definitely. Uh, I appreciate that memory. I do remember it, Piper. And uh, that um, journey, I guess, from being the chief justice. So I ended up being the chief justice at the the moots um, because when I was in law school in my second year, I competed in the corporate securities moot for Windsor's team. And I, uh, to my surprise at the time, ended up placing second place uh, in Canada individually in the moot. So it was a really big um, jumping off point for my legal career because from that moot, I was able to secure my articling position while I was in second year. And I landed a job articling at a commercial litigation firm downtown Toronto. So doing that um, was kind of the beginning of my legal career uh, after graduating from Windsor Law. And that was the beginning of the zig and the zag in my journey. Well, maybe not the beginning, because before being a lawyer, I was a chef. And that was like a pretty hard left turn um, going from the culinary industry into law. But it was um, all part of my soul's journey. And so I kind of have taken all of the ups and downs as amazing learning opportunities that have inspired my career till now. So after I articled in commercial litigation, I was downtown Toronto. It was amazing. I really enjoyed the opportunity getting to see the cutthroat, the really, uh, you know, tough side of litigation. And it was inspiring to see lawyers advocating at that amazing level. And um, while it was an amazing experience, I didn't really vibe well with living and working downtown. So I have, my family has had a cottage in Wasega Beach since I was a young girl. And every weekend and every summer I would come up and I really developed a love for nature and peace and quiet and, you know, that balance in life. 
And so when I finished my articling, um, I knew then that I wasn't really resonating with being in the city and doing commercial litigation. And I just decided to move up north. I didn't know where I was going to work, what kind of law firm I was going to land at. But after I was called to the bar, I went traveling for a few months and took some time to reassess and knew that, okay, I'm going to start my career outside of the city. It's going to look a little bit different. I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, but I knew that I wanted to work at a small place so that I could learn what it would look like to run my own practice. So from articling, my first job that I landed as a real baby lawyer was working with a sole practitioner in Barrie at a small firm focusing on catastrophic and very serious personal injury law. So all of my clients were uh, very severely injured in car accidents or other accidents. And it was our job to advocate for them uh, up against the big insurance companies. So um, if you know anything about insurance companies, you know, they don't like to pay. And so it, there was a lot of really valuable and rewarding cases uh, where the advocacy um, that I did, along with my principal, uh, really made a huge difference in the lives of our clients. I found that to be really inspiring, but the nature of the work was also a little emotional because these clients were really struggling with their injuries. And um, when COVID hit, I ended up working from home. So that firm was in Barrie. And so I was, I was living in uh, Wasega-Collingwood area and commuting to Barrie. Um, and then with COVID, I ended up working from home for a bit, which during that saved commute time gave me a bit of time to think about my future and what I wanted to do and my passions. And um, it brought me back to corporate law. In law school, I took every business course I could get my hands on. I love tax law, business associations, um, contracts, trademarks, all of that. I took it all as many as I could. And so um, when in, in early 2021, I was feeling like it was ready to make a, I was ready to make a change. And I started to put things in motion to go out on my own. I was, you know, joined a lot of different Facebook groups of women in the law and solos uh, just to kind of join a community of like-minded women um, who were doing law a bit differently. And um, I was pretty close to going out on my own. I had like met with a realtor, looked at an office space and was like this close to signing a lease. And um like I was going to go out and I was going to do like business law, corporate law based on my previous experience. I have a few legal mentors that I was going to, you know, get their help from if I needed it, um, you know, to help clients. But at the same time in early 2021, I also knew that I needed to add another, another practice area to my belt. And I uh, signed up for the Osgood intensive course in wills and estates, which was like a few months I did that like night courses um, and that really helped me to get a whole nother sense of how to practice in wills and estates. So uh, I was going to open my practice doing civil litigation, personal injury, wills and estates and corporate law, because when you're a lawyer in a smaller town, um, it's less necessary to be very niche down. Clients that I work with up here, they are still of the mentality where they want one lawyer and they want you to be their lawyer and to you know have it's more about relationships rather than transactions 
And I wanted to be able to serve uh, clients uh, of all ages and in different practice areas. So like I said, I was just about to sign a lease when I was contacted by a headhunter. And um, Pace Law Firm has a beautiful old traditional home in Collingwood that was never staffed full-time by a lawyer. And they wanted to get a lawyer in here full-time and start this satellite office up. They have a big office in the city. They have an office in Kenora. Um, and so this place was ripe for, you know, bringing someone in. And so they brought me in. And rather than going out on my own, I came under the Pace umbrella. And I am the uh, managing lawyer of the Collingwood Satellite Branch of Pace Law Firm here. And so the legal services I provide kind of fall under those categories. I do corporate. I do wills and estates. I do still serious personal injury law and other, uh, you know, civil litigation matters. But um, yeah, that's allowed me to expand my practice back into my passion area of serving entrepreneurs. And um, I guess why I kind of journey back to being a solicitor is because in the litigation realm, I felt it was very backwards looking. Litigation is about fixing problems that have already come and gone and dealing with the results of that. And I felt that if I could help clients at the beginning and be, you know, a, a very thorough solicitor, then it would avoid potential litigation in the future and avoid clients having to go through, you know, the cost of that. So that's kind of why I enjoy doing the solicitor uh, work in, in this area, helping clients, you know, make sure all their intentions are on paper. And but while I've been doing that, I also started to see that there was such a gap in the understanding and and comprehension that my clients had about what they were doing with the law. They were coming into the office because someone told them they needed to. They didn't really understand why or the value behind taking care of some of these legal things. So Soul Attorney came to life because um, I felt that my clients, the general public, entrepreneurs who are people, small businesses just trying to deal with the changing nature of the economy and, and get two feet on the ground and become self-determining economically, they really didn't know what they didn't know. They didn't know all of these pieces of building a business and what needed to go into that in order to operate their businesses legally secure, you know, energetically protecting their boundaries, not letting people walk all over them. And so Soul Attorney kind of came to life and Soul Attorney is a legal education and mentorship and empowerment uh, arm of my services where I um, help serious entrepreneurs feel confident executing in the legal steps necessary to operate their businesses from a legally secure foundation. And it's been a beautiful evolution, a lot of collaboration with the amazing entrepreneur community here in Collingwood and South Georgian Bay. And so it's uh, on the on the up and up. I'm growing. I'm launching a, a group education, legal education program going live March 8th. And I'm so excited to be, you know, on this journey where I'm at now, kind of educating and mentoring entrepreneurs and, you know, servicing people um, as a solicitor in like getting their legal needs taken care of. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing what a 
great story of how your passions have sort of led you to different uh, roles throughout your life. But I guess we kind of want to backtrack a bit and hear a bit more about how you went into law from working at the Fairmont Chateau in Lake Louise, because I see, I've never been, but I see it on Instagram all the time and it looks beautiful and stunning. And I'm sure you made delicious food and you now have such a passion for the law. And although I do not share the same enthusiasm for tax law, it is clear that you have found that passion. So we would just love to hear a bit more about sort of how that came to be. I like to think you were like looking out at Lake Louise and you're like, ah, tax law. (laughs) Oh gosh. Uh, Well, when I was in Lake Louise, tax law was nowhere in my field of vision. You know, I, so after I did my undergrad at Queens in poli-sci and religious studies And I learned, you know, a lot about paradigms and the way people think. And a lot of those meta, you know, very high level um, kind of topics. And when I left Queens, I saw all my friends going to do MBAs and master's degrees and all of these things. And I had nothing left in the tank. I didn't I didn't want to go back to school. And I used to come home from the library every night and cook comfort food for me and my housemate. And we would just, you know, enjoy all my creations at 1 a.m. And um, my I have to give her credit. My housemate and best friend Anya uh, was a in theater at the time. And she was always encouraging me to follow my passion and what made me happy. And when she would see me come home from the library and be so drained, she said, Vanessa, you need to just let go of the expectations of everyone else and do you do what makes you happy. And so I went, I took some time off uh, after graduating undergrad and traveled around, uh, did a bit of a Euro trip with a friend. Um, And when I came back, I had decided that I was going to go to culinary school. And I drove myself to Humber College and I signed up for classes that started like two weeks later. I bought all my knives, got all my chef gear, and uh, I spent two years at Humber doing a culinary management diploma there. And the reason I did a culinary management diploma, because it was culinary school plus management of restaurants, like learning how to run and operate restaurants at the same time. And I ended up at Lake Louise during my second year internship. So I uh, did my I did a whole season out there and worked in uh, various kitchens at the hotel and had an amazing time and amazing experiences doing that. And when I came back uh, for my final year at Humber, I knew that I wanted to be my own thing. I've always wanted to be my own boss. And I had all these visions of different restaurants and recipes and different things that I wanted to bring to life. And I am Italian. I love to cook and, you know, set the table, provide a beautiful, welcoming service for people. And uh, that was one piece of the puzzle. But being my own boss was a whole nother piece of the puzzle that I said, I don't, even though I did the diploma, there were still so many missing pieces on how to go about putting a business together, a proper legitimate business together. And I didn't know what I didn't know. Uh, So at that time, I thought, well, what do I need to do to get this information? Do I get an MBA? 
what do I go to law school? Do I just keep working? Um, and one of the realities was that working as a woman in the culinary industry, how, you know, you come up against a few uh, walls that uh, sometimes men don't face in that industry. And I felt, you know what, I don't want to bang my head against a wall. I'm going to pivot here. And so I uh, started to study for the LSAT and I thought I'm going to go and I'm going to learn all about business law, everything I can learn about business. Um, and then I'm going to use that for myself and for my, you know, to maybe start my own restaurant one day. So then I uh, applied to Windsor Law thinking, wow, this is going to really like help me to um, like learn how to run a restaurant and help others learn how to run businesses. And I hit the ground running. I mean, you know, 1L, we all had to take the same courses, but really loved contracts and really did not love criminal law. So I knew after taking 1L criminal law that it really wasn't going to be my cup of tea. I didn't love the case law. I didn't love mens rea and actus reus. Like I didn't vibe with that at all. And uh, contracts though, I freaking loved it. And I, um, yeah, I just knew that, okay, second year, I was like hungry to take all of the electives, you know, when you see that course calendar, I, I you know, I'm a huge nerd, I'm self-proclaimed, and I will love it till the end of my days. And I, um, yeah, took as many business courses as I could. And even during OCI's, I did a self-study program of the Canadian Securities course because I even wanted to know more about different investment vehicles, different, you know, ins and outs of the securities industry. And uh, I will say that I'm not like pretty certain that even taking that course gave me a bit of an edge when I went on to the, compete in the corporate securities move. So I kind of have come through uh, business with the intention of empowering myself with business knowledge and knowledge about, um, you know, the economy and, and the markets and things like that. And so it's kind of very fitting that now I'm in a place where I'm able to connect with my clients who I kind of see at the beginning or, you know, a few steps into their entrepreneurial journeys and I haven't opened a restaurant yet. Uh, it's on my, you know, goals and my vision board. Um, but for now, I'm really happy to be helping others and sharing that with them. I love all of the different trajectories that your career has taken. And on paper, like I was thinking, okay, Vanessa has this background in being a chef and she's been to law school and she works at the law firm. And some of these things like you might think don't connect, but the way that you've connected them into a cohesive story is so cool. And it really tells me like how well you know yourself, which I think is such an underrated skill. Um, it just really like shows like, you don't need me to tell you this, but like your self-awareness and like how in tune you are. And I just think it is so inspiring for me personally and for so many others. And so how do you use that awareness and the empowerment that you've built within yourself to help others now with their businesses and just grow as individuals? Yeah, that's, um, it's been a journey Piper for sure, because I can tell you early on in my legal career, when I left commercial litigation, um, I, I didn't know if I was even going to stay a lawyer. It That felt so out of alignment and it felt 
Like, this is not the kind of lawyer that I want to be. I don't want to be cutthroat. I don't want to be the mean person on the other side of the boardroom table. But I felt like I was playing a character in a TV show. Like, in order to fit in and be, quote unquote, successful, I needed to be Miranda. I needed to be, you know, someone else. And I was so out of alignment for those first few years And it's only been in the last few years of my journey that I have allowed myself as a lawyer to be my whole self rather than compartmentalizing who I am when I'm at work and when I'm at home. I think one of the the reasons that my clients connect with me so well is because I'm just me. I'm the same Vanessa when we're in the boardroom versus if we're out having a drink after work or you see me, you know, walking my dog or out for a hike. I allowed it took time, honestly, a lot of journaling. And I'm really into affirmations and energy work. And I really believe in uh, the whole like quantum leaping. And so when I finally allowed myself to show up as my whole self, a lot of serendipitous things started to happen. And I would say that my advice for younger lawyers or other people in practice who don't feel in alignment with what they're doing may like consider maybe that you're not bringing your whole self to the table. You're hiding parts of your personality that you think are weird or you think you, you know, are, are not professional or will be judged by other lawyers You got to just drop that because for so long, I felt like a circle trying to jam myself into a square hole. And when I stopped trying to fit someone else's mold and say, okay, Vanessa, this is what I value. These are my values, my passions, what I care about and how I want to express that in the world, then the connections, the community, the clients, they all just started to like appear in my universe. So that that's really like I was holding myself back for many years. And when I stopped doing that and started to, uh, you know, not like wave my freak flag, you know, I'm not a freak, but like, let it all hang out, be a bit different and be, you know, happy and proud of this is who I am. And this is what I stand for. All my people started to show up. That is so great to hear. And, uh, that is something that I am working on doing as well. I did a vision board this year. I did one last year as well. And, um, one of the things that was on my vision board was getting a puppy and it was very specific. It was a Nova Scotia duck tolling retriever. And I had it on my vision board all year last year. And on December 29th of this year, I got approved from my puppy and I get to pick him up next month. And I'm so excited. Um, so that is a bit of um, something that I am journeying, journeying into now um, and have my vision board printed out on my uh Crystal board beside my, or what do they call them? Cork board beside yeah. my desk. So um, that's so neat to hear um, 
And I love following your Instagram page and everything too, because it's a good reminder to uh, keep taking care of yourself and making sure that you are in alignment. So one thing I did want to ask is how do you take care of yourself and make sure that you're checking in and, and taking care of yourself? How do you, how do you make sure you do that? Yeah, I have a pretty um, standard but still flexible morning routine. I am one of those people who loves to wake up early, even though I hate to get out of bed. So I love to get up early because it's nice and quiet in the morning. And I um, actually at the beginning of every year, I do like a really big and beautiful journaling exercise about planning for the year ahead. And I take all of that and I put it into a uh, recording and a meditation and affirmations in my own voice with, I don't know if you've listened to binaural beats, uh, vibration sounds, they're like really good for tuning your energetic vibration. So I record one for myself. It's like 20 minutes and I listen to it every morning and it just gets me in the right frame of mind to, you know, remember my goals and act uh, in alignment with my goals and my vision. That's a big part of my morning. I have like a good solid snuggle with my dog and we go for a walk and I'm a huge coffee person. So my morning routine is really about being uh, slowly um, coming into my day. And then because once uh, 8 a.m. hits, the emails start popping up in my inbox and, uh, you know, you're off to the races for the rest of the day. And I really have a pretty um, strict policy with myself about emails and work emails and technology after, you know, eight o'clock at night. So I kind of just put my phone away, take my Apple watch off, and I don't want a single notification until the next day. I think that is such a great lesson in setting boundaries and taking care of yourself. And so when you look back at your entire career journey thus far, and what's really cool too, for anyone listening to this podcast, like, like I said, at the very beginning, Vanessa was a three L when Aaron and I were in one L. So Vanessa's just getting started, which is both scary and exciting because she's already such a bad bitch. And so it's like, what else is she going to accomplish? And when can I eat at her restaurant? Like to open, you know, whenever it shows up in a yearly vision board. But um, Vanessa, when you look back at all of these things in your career so far, and it's been such like a, a rich and experienced journey for you, is there anything you would change or anything you look back on and think, Oh, I wish I'd zigged that way. And I, when I zagged that way and all those types of things. If there is one thing that I need to like, that I would consider as a wish I had done that, I'll just preface the answer by saying, I think that all failures and all, you know, wrong turns lead us to beautiful lessons. So that's number one. But if I had to, I would probably say that I wish I had um, chosen an articling position that was at a full service firm rather than just litigation, because I think in law school, you don't really have any conceptualization of what being a lawyer on a day to day basis 
even looks like you think mooting is what being a barrister is. You, you know, you learn the law, but you don't learn what practice is. And I feel like I would have loved to see some solicitors on a firsthand basis um, working with clients through these issues rather than just having this one idea of what it meant to be a lawyer. And then when I felt out of alignment with that, I was like, well, can I even be a lawyer if I don't want to be a litigator? Like, what what other kind of lawyer is there? And I, I hadn't had the experience of, you know, seeing a real estate deal go down or seeing client interaction and an estate planning meeting or uh, that kind of stuff. And I, and um, the other piece of that too, is that I think in law school, we're taught if you don't end up at one of the seven sisters, like, you know, tough luck, you're never going to be a lawyer when, um, and that puts so much pressure on people to fit into this downtown lawyer mold that not everyone is made out for. Like, I am so happy being a lawyer in Collingwood. Like, I could never be this happy being a lawyer in the city. And I, I think that um, if I had more interaction with solo practitioners and other people who just said, I can do it my own way and I'm going to and and having that kind of exposure really would have given me the competence then to say, you know what, there's so many ways to do this job, not just this one way that they tell you you have to do it during OCIs. Yes. Thank you so much for saying that. And that's a huge part of why we started this podcast is to have really cool and unique people like yourself on the show to show us that there is more than that one traditional path. So hopefully there is someone listening today that hears your story and says, yeah, maybe I don't have to do that uh, partner track. And maybe I can just open up my own shop in Collingwood and have an awesome life. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I also will mention too, I did not know how much of litigation is writing letters to other lawyers. And partly why I like just needed to stop because I was like, this is not what I envisioned when I thought of litigation. I was hoping that there'd be a lot more advocacy, like oral advocacy. And it's so much of written letters back and forth. And it just drove me nuts. So I like tribunal work a lot more now because that's mm-hmm. more my pace. I can't do, I can't do the snippy letters back and forth. It's just, mm-hmm. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. totally. Well, we have loved having you on the podcast today. And we always like to end our podcast with the same question, which is what is something new that you've learned recently? Oh my gosh. Um, I think recently I've really learned on a, uh, you know, inaction basis that relationships are Trump, like relationships with people mean everything. How you leave people feeling is what they remember. They're not going to remember, you know, the bill they paid, what you said in your letter, what this clause of the contract said. They're going to remember what it felt like 
to sit in your office and work with you. And whether or not you were condescending, whether or not you treated them with compassion, empathy, and empowered them in their decision, I feel like um, the more we focus on building relationships and building trust with our clients on a personal level spills over into how, you know, we, we work with clients and how we deliver services to clients. So that's why for me, it's less about transactions and more about people. What a profoundly excellent takeaway from this conversation. Vanessa, thank you so much for spending this time with us today, for all of the incredible ways to follow along with Vanessa's projects, including her upcoming legal education and empowerment program, Legally Lit. You can find all of the information you need in the episode notes. To stay up to date with the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at Off The Tracks Podcast and stay tuned for our next episode next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.